Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. We've got a great pod ahead of you. We've got our usual crew of Nick Gallo and producer Hendy. And we're recording this on Tuesday, the 17th, the day after the team pulled off the largest comeback on the OKC Thunder floor. And uh, we'll dive right into that and so much more in this episode. listening to the Thunder Basketball Universe and the pressing question on our minds today is has anybody finished their Christmas shopping? Nick? I'm all done. Of course you are. Just always on top of everything and on the other end we have producer Hindi. I'm gonna get started any minute now. After this you know after I get some free time maybe tomorrow maybe this weekend. Hindi's got his laptop out. He's definitely I'm, surfing the web for presents. I might be on Amazon right 17 now. tabs open, and one of them is Amazon. Gotta what? trust that two-day delivery. Do you have ideas of gifts in mind, and you just haven't bought them yet? Or is it a matter of, I don't know what to get, and I'm pushing it off? I have a lot of nieces and nephews, and usually what I will do is just Google gifts for 10-year-olds and see what comes up, <laughs> and just buy something that hits the price range. Do you do that on Amazon? No, I'll, well, but a lot of them link to Amazon, and so that's the way to go. Normally. The algorithm loves Hindi. Oh, oh man. God. I'm such a sucker because then, yeah, Facebook for the next two years. I got the kids these, like, building engineering sets a couple years ago. I still get ads for them on Facebook. Well, you just got to definitely buy those for yourself. They were super cool. I mean, I buy stuff that I want to play with as well. So I'm thinking, like, okay. remote control helicopters this year might be pretty cool. Oh, you're going to be the I'm coolest in. uncle ever? I'm just really hoping they aren't listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they are. Get those I'm, numbers up. <laughs> like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Come on, Nico. Well, the Thunder had a really crazy night last night against Chicago, and it was a crazy night for everybody in Chesapeake Energy Arena. Found themselves down 26 points after turning the ball over, over and over again, and Chicago just taking advantage on the other end of the floor, turning it into instant offense, but the second half was a completely different story for the Thunder, and it was led by Chris Paul in the fourth quarter. Nick, walk us through what happened there. Well, the Thunder really did a nice job of figuring out and manipulating the defense that Chicago was throwing at them. Chicago was so aggressive defensively and was taking away every pass to the corner, really getting their hands up in the passing lanes. And so the Thunder had to figure out different passing angles to make sure they weren't turning the ball over like they did nine times in the first quarter. One of the things that Coach Donovan talked about after the game was that they got a lot of contributions from multiple players. Yes, Chris Paul went off for 19 points in the fourth quarter, but it was defensive efforts by Dennis Schroeder and Nerlens Noel even coming in and blocking critical shots. Steven Adams right there in the crunch time with free throws. It was a really collective team effort to kind of stay up and stay positive and realize that they're not out of the game to keep going and pull off the victory. And sometimes, though, it does come down to shot making. And when Chris hits five threes in the fourth quarter, it's all stemming from some of these things that you're mentioning, Paris, which is all five guys on the floor being involved, that without Danilo's ability to stretch the floor, without Steven or Nerland's rolling really hard to the rim, Chicago's defense doesn't get all out of sorts in a way that they're forced to try to switch with Laurie Markinen or Wendell Carter trying to defend Chris Paul, that's forcing those guys to put their feet behind the three-point line and allowing Chris to launch those threes. Let's dive into Chris Paul in this instance because obviously he's a computer mastermind when it comes to basketball and he's his ability to 
read what's happening in the first half and then turn around and execute something to pull off a 26-point comeback victory is a feat in itself. And it took a lot of, you know, mental calibration to kind of figure all of that out. And there's a lot that went into it. It's a benefit of having three point guards on this roster because the thing that stood out to me was Thunder was trying desperately to get those little pocket passes when Chicago would trap into the middle of the floor. Those were difficult to get. But even when they got those, Chicago was taking away passes into the corners, which is where the Thunder really wants to send the ball. So Dennis, Steven, Chris, all those guys, anytime they were able to get right into that free throw line area, instead of trying to force it to where they wanted to go, they actually made one extra pass out to the wing, forcing a defensive rotation, and then they were able to swing it into the corner where they wanted to go. And so it just took a little while for them to figure out, okay, let's not try to fight this tide. Let's swim with the current, and we'll get exactly what we want anyway. The crazy part is, up to this point, the team has faced a kind of conservative defenses up to this point. You know, when they're coming off the pick and roll, the bigs are in drop coverage, so they, they have the ability to make these passes super easily. And then the Bulls come out, and they blitz on these ball screens, and their hands are everywhere, getting deflections, even just little things like disrupting passes. They weren't necessarily, you know, they were, they were getting a lot of steals, don't get me wrong, but they were also just being super disruptive in passing lanes. And and that's the first time the Thunder faced it. Did they, they, they did have to watch film. They saw it. And it's one thing to actually see it on film and know you're going to face it. But Coach Donovan talked about, you know, it's getting in the game is just a, a completely different mentality than actually just watching it on film. Yeah, being on that floor, being in that environment, not knowing ahead of time what little space you're actually going to have on the court is not something that you can always see just in film. Uh, and it took the Thunder a little while to do that. Um, one thing I want to bring up, though, is, you know, in a similar way, like <laughs> being at that arena also is so much different than just watching it on on TV. Like the way that the Thunder bookended that long road trip with the crazy win at home against Minnesota in overtime with the Stephen heave to Dennis. And then you go on this four game road trip and you come back and this is the first game back in Chesapeake Energy Arena, a 26 point comeback. I mean, just these are th- moments that Thunder fans are, aren't going to want to miss. And I'm sure the, the, the people that were in the arena those two nights, I mean, these, those are two of the most unforgettable games in Thunder history in OKC. I think the biggest lesson there is don't leave a Thunder game early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even against Minnesota, it's just you, you never leave early because you never know what's going to happen. So these past two games, those that have left early, man, they missed out on some historic victories down the stretch. Not worth it to beat traffic, guys. Just Not stick around. <laughs> OKC them. traffic isn't that bad anyway. I mean, come yeah, on, guys. Exactly. You what can you get anywhere in minutes? 15 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Moral of the story, stick around. 48 minutes of being a fan. Let's do this. Come on. Well, here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. And let me tell you, the main thing for this Thunder squad right now is the amount of balanced scoring that's happening throughout the roster. Starting with the starting five, you have threats from multiple positions. And then off the bench, include Dennis Schroeder into that mix. And you've got four players averaging between 16 and 18 points on this roster. You never know what's going to come from. And you're sort of recession-proof as an offense, where if one guy's got a rough night, you're still in the game because it's unlikely that three to four guys are going to have rough nights all on the same evening. So it really helps that... 
the Thunder can play off of one another like this. The biggest example we saw of this was against Minnesota when five players scored over 20 points for the first time in 15 years in the NBA. And it just goes to show you the multiple threats that the Thunder has in multiple positions. And I think that's key because as a defense, when you're trying to scout a team like the Thunder, putting up, you know, Danilo Gallinari can put up 20 points. Chris Paul can put up 20 points. Steven, like every every person down the roster you have to be wary of and you just don't know who's going to be have the hot hand that night. Also as a coach, for, like for Billy, it allows him to manipulate the game to the matchups that he wants. So, for example, like if an opposing team has less experienced center, like say Jackson Hayes in New Orleans, they were able to really attack that matchup with Steven. Last night when the Thunder was having to deal with the length and the size on the perimeter like Chris Dunn and uh, Thomas Sadoransky and Zach Levine, they were able to kind of manipulate some of those matchups and get the ball to Gallinari, uh, who had a, a lesser defender on him, or get the switches. So Billy, with all those options, can find whatever matchup he likes best. One of the things, too, is that between all of these players, for Danilo Gallinari, for example, he might have an off-shooting night, but his ability to craft points elsewhere on the floor, like getting to the rim, drawing fouls, being aggressive on the drive, things along those natures. It's not necessarily that each player is specialized in one category of scoring, like three-point shooting or just in the paint, maybe Steven Adams in the paint. But around around the perimeter, there are players who have multiple ways to get the ball through the hoop. Did you see that baseline dunk by Danilo last night? He's had a few of those like really sneaky super athletic plays. <laughs> we're like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah, it's definitely a double take kind of dunk where you just, oh, here's driving to the hoop. Oh, he just throw down on somebody? <laughs> yeah, it was very sneaky. It, sizing up his defender and then just realized he could get past him. Two bounces later, he's in the air and dunking over Wendell Carter Jr. Hindi's got some of that sneaky athleticism to him, too. Just well, you can almost dunk. I Yeah, I used to be able to dunk. It's one of my great used tos. What happened? I got old, Paris. <laughs> I mean, Danilo has that sneaky size, though. Like, he's bigger. He plays on the perimeter a lot. I think you forget how big he is. He rebounds. He can get over people when he's down low. That's one of the main reasons why he's been such an effective player for the Thunder is he's really battled down low when he's had to. Uh, He's defended bigger guys, guys that are really going to try to bully him at that four spot, and uh, he's, he's dealt with it really nicely and been able to post up younger or younger and smaller defenders uh, like he did last night and just take advantage on multiple areas of the floor you just never know where the points are going to come from from Danilo one of the other big guys that made us look this week was Steven Adams on Monday in Nick's walk-off interview after the game admittedly nervous when he got to the free throw line but um, had a, a, a different way of putting it very colorful way of speaking I think we all have I'm used to that from Steven. Uh, Thunder fans enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's quite fun. Send it over to Nick. Steven, how did this feel? Free throw shooting has been such a key for you this season. How did it feel to hit that one and then make the heads-up play after? Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> my pants. And I should have done. I should have free throw. It's, a lot. It's, it's pretty tough. I didn't realize how much pressure it is, eh? but... You know, I made a mate. Don't be happy with it. Um, so, it's good yeah. to hear that you enjoy it instead of just, you know, panic when he says something like that. Well, like, how do you react as an interviewer when that's happening on live TV? I'm like, man, this guy is really being honest right now. I, I appreciate the honesty. Uh, no, it, in reality, 
Um, it's just a go with the flow kind of situation. You can't take it back at that point. You can't stop down and pause and stand in front of the camera and say, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> so you just, you just let it go and you get it back to a, another question where you can answer and maybe hopefully not um, provide such colorful detail about the way he was feeling out on the court. It's that time in the Thunder Basketball Universe podcast where we want to bless your timeline. And oh my goodness, my timeline as a point guard was beautifully blessed when I saw our sideline reporter and digital editor, Nick Gallo, sitting down with Chris Paul, chopping it up in the film room and getting some in-depth detail. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Nick? Sure. Uh, So we had 20 minutes with Chris in the Thunder's film room here at the Thunder Ion, uh, where the team practices every day. And our broadcast crew at the Thunder did an unbelievable job. I want to give them a shout out. This was a four camera shoot that they had minimal time to set up. And, you know, it was right after practice, but they got it staged beautifully. We had Chris come in, he sat right down, and we showed him a number of plays. And really, I think what we wanted to do from the outset was hit him with a little nostalgia. Here we go. The NBA in OKC is about to happen for real, folks. Oh, wow. This is the jump ball. And remind him of his first moments as an NBA player back here in Oklahoma City when he was here with the Hornets. And so we showed him his first play, his first pass, uh, you know, his very first assist. And then the video carried on to his days as a member of the Thunder now. And we highlighted a handful of plays that just exhibit the, the myriad ways in which Chris is just a maestro on the floor and setting up his teammates for, for easy buckets. So one in transition uh, and then one in the high pick and roll and then another in semi-transition where he hit uh, Danilo for a massive, massive three-pointer in overtime against the Philadelphia 76ers. So wanted to put those plays in front of him and then have Chris reminisce not just about those moments and not just explain those scenarios, but also some topics sort of related to those things that had to do with his career, just this incredible uh, career that he's produced over the last 15 years of his life. Video just came together beautifully and painted this picture of this basketball genius who has been a student of the game ever since his days in OKC. And as a point guard, I would have given anything and then some just to sit in that room to to see what goes through his head. The biggest thing for me was he's not looking at his defender when he has the basketball and he's organizing offense. He is three defenders away looking at what's going to happen two seconds later when he gets to the middle of the paint and ready to read multiple angles and multiple defenders and then have like eight different scenarios that he could go to all while he's still dribbling the ball and hasn't come off the ball screen yet. That that just goes into him being a student of the game and – In his veteran years as a player, he's watched so much film, played so much basketball, that he has a lot of that type of sagely wisdom to offer to other point guards and just in general players because you don't think when you're getting guarded on the wing, naturally you want to look at your own defender. But if you look around around the perimeter and see that other things are shaping up and there's just a series of different things that could happen, and Chris has become a master at orchestrating those things and getting the best outcome because of it. 
you're mentioning that he's just this encyclopedia of knowledge and just a little behind-the-scenes production thing. Like normally a 20-minute interview, we might produce a three- to four-minute video piece at most because not everything is going to be gold. This was 10 minutes long, the final piece that we produced, because it was just impossible to find things to cut out of this. So uh, I think it speaks to Chris that he's just this, he's a, he can be a font of wisdom and somebody that provides real detail every time you talk to him. My favorite story from that interview, and, and you wrote a really good story to go along with this. I suggest that everybody go read it on all point guards need to read it. I don't care what age you are, you will learn a lot. But one of my favorite stories was that his dad would not allow him to shoot the ball until a, one of his teammates shot the ball. So it forced him to get into the paint and get offensive rebounds. And d- just getting different angles like that of what makes him such a well-rounded point guard. And that helps him understand post players better. It helps him understand wing players and how to get them open so that he, you know, because he couldn't get a, re- or get a shot off until his teammates scored. So it forced him to put his teammates in opportunities to score. Yeah, I think there's an even deeper level too is like, his team won't succeed unless his teammates succeed. And for a kid that was probably the best basketball player on any court that he ever stood foot on, I think that was like just an incredible deep lesson that his father taught him at that point in time, which is it'd be so easy to tell an eight-year-old kid, yeah, you're the best, you're the best player out there. Go hoop, go get as many buckets as you can. But to tell him you're not going anywhere, your team's not going anywhere unless your, your teammates succeed, I thought that was really deep and cool. We see that play out a lot this season with how he's taking Darius Baisley, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, even Dennis Schroeder, just taking them aside and showing them what he knows and sharing his knowledge with them. Coach Donovan said something very interesting in one of his press conferences. He said, if Chris Paul never said a word and you were wise enough just to watch what he did, you would learn so much and you would understand why he's such a good player. And it's true. He understands the game from an inside-out perspective, and he's just grown so much from what he's learned as being a student of the game and just knowing every angle of the game inside and out. That's all for this episode of the Thunder Basketball Universe. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much to our producers. You do a great job. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.